0: Hello! Welcome to Two-Part Tales. We bring you new, original stories split into two parts. This week's story is Fossil Fuels, Part 1, written by C.J. Claypool. Fossil Fuels Saturday mornings meant two things at Zach's house. First, his mom didn't wake him up and force him to take a shower. Second, Saturdays meant chocolate chip cookies. Every weekend, Zack and his mom baked a dozen cookies from scratch. She was tying her white and blue goldfish apron around her waist when Zack walked in. "'Who's ready to bake some of Grandma's famous cookies?' she asked. Zack sleepily ran one hand through his messy brown hair and wiped the sleep out of his eyes with the other. "'Can I have some juice first?' he asked, already walking to the refrigerator. Zack's mom nodded and turned to preheat the oven. He poured a small glass of apple juice, took a sip, and smacked his lips. The tart drink woke him up faster than a cold washrag to the face. Zack took another drink and remembered. Hey, Mom, can we make a double batch today? He was suddenly much more alert than when he walked into the room. Therefore, uh, um, I mean because it's finally summer break? Hmm, his mom answered. How was your report card? She already knew the answer. Zach's lips tightened together and moved to one side. After a slight pause, he said, Mostly good, except language arts and P.E. He quickly added, But the rest were all A's. He really was a good student, above average even. But Zach had trouble focusing on the long passages his teacher made him read. He tried to concentrate, But then he realized he was spending more energy trying to read than actually reading, so he'd have to start over from the top of the page. And gym class was a nightmare for every scrawny little boy his age, especially when the rest of the class seemed to all hit their growth spurts two years early. I suppose I can't be upset with all A's and two B's, his mom said with a smile. But I still think you can do better. I know you will, if you keep trying. She refilled Zack's juice glass and put the jug back in the fridge, grabbing eggs and butter before closing the door. Zack counted how many eggs she pulled out and said, "'So we can make a double batch?' he grinned. "'Go wash your hands,' she said. "'Then we'll get started.'" After hands were washed and cookies were baked, Zack stretched out on his bed and picked at the last remaining bits of chocolate chip that were stuck in his teeth he pulled out the slender tracking device he found last summer and turned it over in his hands. It had been silent all year. No lights, no messages, no pulsing tones to alert him to alien Zack's whereabouts in space. I guess one plate of cookies lasted longer than he thought, Zack said. The alien creature was overjoyed last summer to find what he called Thessalzikerium. Zack just called them Mom's Cookies. But apparently, there was something else about them that alien Zack's people or race or species used as an energy source. There's still so much I don't know, Zack said with a heavy sigh. "Sigh." I want just one summer vacation that's actually a vacation from all of this normal, everyday, middle-of-nowhere, boring life. Just then. The faint blue light started blinking on the sleek tracking device. Zack held it close to his face and looked into the mirrored surface. He heard a familiar voice say, Head to the landing site. Shipment arriving in 30 Earth seconds. Zack's eyes bulged. He jumped up and ran out of the house barefoot. The farmers planted soybeans this year instead of corn, so the field was easier to navigate. Zack scanned the sky, looking for anything out of the ordinary. Ten Earth seconds, the voice said. Zack still couldn't see anything, but he half expected that. The ship was invisible last time, unless he shined the light from his tracking beacon on it. But it's not even noon yet, Zack thought. How will it camouflage in broad daylight? Shipment arriving, the voice said. You'll want to put them on as soon as possible. Zack heard the same thip he remembered from the previous year. The shipment hit the ground five feet from where he was standing. The small crater was no bigger than a soccer ball. Um, shipment received, Zack said. He didn't know if there was any standard protocol for accepting gifts from outer space, but he thought it was best to follow up with a quick, Thanks! In the center of the crater sat a cylindrical tube about the size of Zach's forearm. He gave it a quick tap to see if it was hot, but just like the homing beacon he found in his very field last year, it was cool to the touch. Zach thought it looked like the thermos that came with his lunchbox, except this one had the same metallic mirrored surface as the homing beacon. He tried to twist open one end of it, but it didn't want to open like his thermos. Well, it was worth a try. Zack said just before he was interrupted by the voice again. You earth beings always try to force things open. There's an easier way. Just hold it out in front of the tracking beacon and wait, it said. Zack followed the instructions. He framed it up like a picture he'd take with his phone. One arm stretched all the way out. The other pulled in close to his face to make sure everything lined up. He expected to hear a buzz or a click or anything, really but the device opened silently in his outstretched hand. Oh, well that makes sense, Zack thought. He spun the tube sideways in his palm as it opened longways. Inside sat the most high-tech, sleek, and cool, yet normal-looking glasses he'd ever seen. The frames were made of polished steel, as close as Zack could tell. Sunlight reflected off of them at every angle as Zack inspected the new specks. The holes for the lenses were empty. Zack tried poking a finger through them to make sure they were indeed missing the most important part of any pair of glasses. As his finger passed through, a burst of bright white light encased his finger, which he immediately pulled back out. What's the deal with these? Zack asked. Again, he quickly regretted asking such a terribly constructed question with the first alien race ever to contact humanity, that he knew of anyway. "'You'll want to put those on,' the voice answered from the homing beacon, arriving in fifteen Earth seconds. Zack dug his toes into the soft plowed soil and quickly put on the glasses. At first he didn't notice anything out of the ordinary. He'd tried on friends' glasses before— and things usually got blurry or stretchy, and it all typically ended with Zach getting a headache. But the longer he wore them, the more excited he got. Zach focused his eyes on a soybean plant next to the crater, and suddenly a full diagram of soybean varieties displayed next to it. The longer he studied it, the more information compiled before his eyes. He realized that he didn't even have to read the words or analyze the charts to understand them. The longer he looked at this tiny soybean plant, the more he already seemed to know about soybeans. I wouldn't look at the sky, if I were you, a voice said. It didn't come from the homing beacon, but instead from Zack's right side. How? When did you? Zack stammered. This time he was too amazed to be bothered by sounding like a simple earthling. There's a whole lot of sky up there, alien Zack answered. Try to get used to your new, I think you call them, glasses, by studying something a little closer to home first. Zack turned to look at his visitor. Just like last summer, the alien in front of him looked just like Zack did. You even have my new scar, Zack said, reaching up to touch a faint scar on his chin where he'd had stitches after slipping on a patch of ice last winter. His slippery landings were even less graceful than his attempts at extraterrestrial communication. I can change, if you'd like, Alien Zack said, wiping at the scar like it was a smudge of spilled ice cream. It disappeared. That's incredible! Is it the glasses? Zack said. He took them off to see if they were part of the change he was seeing, but when he did, Alien Zack disappeared entirely. How he asked, putting the glasses back on. Alien Zack answered, "'That's why I sent them to you in the first place. Your people would panic if they saw a spaceship land in a field, and according to popular galactic history, things get even worse if they see me walk out of that ship. Also, don't bother trying to inspect me or my ship. I've installed certain restrictions on them, for now anyway.' "'But I saw you last time.' Zack said, you looked like me, and I wasn't wearing any special glasses then. Ah, right, right. But do you remember using the homing beacon as I think you call it a flashlight? Or is it a torch? Either way, you used my technology to see me in the dark, Alien Zack explained. But since your sun is out, I thought it best to use these instead. Zack didn't know quite what to say. If aliens could make themselves invisible, or somehow cloak themselves between visible lights, maybe they've been walking among us for hundreds of years, or longer. Alien Zack interrupted. So, where do you want to go? Huh? Zack answered, again, not quite the beaming example of human intellect that he wanted to put on display. You said you wanted a summer vacation to remember. Where are we going? Alien Zack asked with a smile. You've been listening to me? Zack asked, both confused and excited at the idea. All morning? All week, the alien replied. Ever since I left, last week. It's been over a year, Zack said, louder than he intended. But he couldn't stay upset. His eyes grew wide as words fell out of his mouth in a jumble. Mom and I made a double batch of cookies this morning. That's I carry them, I mean. I want to walk on the beach and climb to the top of a mountain, and I want to go to a museum and a big city and maybe a zoo too. Alien Zack's eyebrows shifted. Are you sure it's been that long? He looked troubled. Perhaps there are still some bugs to work out of the translation program after all. Oh well, time for that later. He stretched his arms and turned his neck from one side to the other. "'But why would you waste your summer in a museum?' he asked. Zack straightened up. "'Museums are great. They're full of little stations where kids can learn stuff about science, but it's not boring like the books in school. Some of them have special rooms just for studying our solar system, and the really good ones have dinosaur bones.' Zack's face lit up. "'I want to see dinosaur bones!' he shouted excitedly. Alien Zack rolled his eyes. Again, why bother? We have a double batch of Thessal That's enough fuel to take us anywhere. Well, almost anywhere, I suppose. Zack stomped his bare foot into the dirt. You're the one who came here and asked me what I wanted to do for summer break. What's wrong with wanting to go see a dinosaur exhibit? Alien Zack cleared his throat. Let me put it another way. He spoke his next words very slowly, giving each one plenty of time to sink in. Why look at dinosaur bones when you could see the actual living dinosaurs? What? How? Where? Zack stammered. Alien Zack grinned not where, when. That's all we have time for today. Check back later for part two of this two-part tale. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to this podcast to have new episodes delivered straight to your phone, computer, or tablet. You can also go to twoparttales.com to find links to our YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Twitter, and Facebook pages. Until next time, take care.